Joshua chapter 6. Uh, I've been trying to prepare for Sunday. I, I, God has laid something on my heart Sunday. It's really, uh, and it's got me moved. And uh, I just want to see how it comes out. And that's, uh, he gave me the title of it, but he haven't gave me anything of it. <laughs> this is uh, ready or not, here I come. And I'm looking forward to it. Ready or not, here I'm come. And I got to think about that, Lord. Come quickly. Come quickly. We're, we're living in a, a world today that's just uh, uh, total out of control. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the... Uh, I mean, you can't even walk down the streets no more and feel safe. Because it's just people out there just, just want to harm people. Uh, the kids can't go out and play because people just want to harm people. I mean, we're just living in a world where there's no safety. But when I come to the house of God, I feel like I'm at rest and I'm at peace because God's here. And I, I can rest from that. But we, we, need, we need it. Ready or not, here I come. Here I come. So, Chapter 6 of jo uh, Joshua tonight. Uh, it's a very familiar story. It's nothing new. Uh, uh, as has been said, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, the Word of God is still the Word of God. It has not changed, and it will not change. It's forever settled in heaven. And the words in the old week, I've preached, I know, in chapter 6 before, but I, I don't know if I preached all these verses that I'm about to read. We're going to read some verses. And probably some of you haven't read your Bibles today, so you'll get it in tonight, so you won't have to worry about it when you get your Bible reading called up tonight. But uh, I, I find that when you're in the Word of God and you start reading it, it, it just, a lot of things just uh, pop out at you. It just pops out there. You just, it, just, it just overwhelms me at times. And I just, I, I said, Lord, you got to hold back. But uh, uh, jo uh, Joshua chapter 6, like I said, it's a very familiar story. You've read, I'm, not, I'm quite sure you've all know this story. But I want to look at it in a little different way tonight. But Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thee thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of Iyer. And you shall compass the city, and you, and you man of war, and go and mine around about the city. Thus shall thou do six days. And seven priests shall here bear the ark, and seven trumps of the ram, horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumps. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend upon the man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets and rams horns and before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on and compass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came past when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the horns, ram's horns, passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumps. And the ark of the covenant and the Lord followed them. And when the armed men went before the priests, they blew with their trumpets and re-reward came unto the ark and the priests going, going on and blowing with the trumpets. 
And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth unto the day I bid you to shout. Then shall you shout. Listen to me. I find it interesting. It was not God's will or no God's call for everyone to blow a trumpet. I find that it was interesting that it was not God's will or God's call for everyone to carry the ark. I, I find it interesting it wasn't God's will or God's call for everyone to be a priest. But it was God's call and God's will for everyone to shout. Yeah. Amen. 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 It's God's will for every. every he, said, he didn't just say some. He said let everyone shout. Amen. Everybody doesn't have the same job in their walk with God, the army of the Lord. All of us are called to worship and give God the glory and shout for the glory of God. Lift our voices, the Bible says, for the glory of God. It doesn't matter who you are. You're saved by the grace of God. You've got something to shout about tonight. Amen. So the ark of the Lord can pass the city among uh, about at once, and they came unto the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua arose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets of the ram's horn before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them with the reward and came out to the ark of the Lord, and the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they had compassed the city once and returned unto the camp, so they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day. They rose early about the drawing of the day, dawning of the day, and compassed the city in the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. I like this. I like this. They weren't shouting based on what God had done. <laughs> they were shouting based on what they knew God could do. Amen. What God could do. When they shouted, the walls were still standing up. Amen. Uh, listen to me tonight. We just don't shout and worship uh, because God has knocked down some walls in our life. And God's, uh, uh, we don't shout because God has given us the victories on things. Uh, we shout uh, uh, whether God knocks down the wall or not. I tell you, you have stepped over a major hurdle in your life when you can learn to worship God when your Jericho wall is still standing right dead in your face. When you can worship God and you're facing that wall and still give God the glory. You've, you've passed a major hurdle in your walk with God. When you've learned to wave your hands and shout when God has not taken care of your problem, you've passed a major hurdle. Your problem is right still in front of you, your face. The devil is mocking you, telling you it will never change. You go ahead and holler off and rear back and just give God the glory. When God starts doing something in your life, you'll see a lot of Christians will say, God, I'll start worshiping you 
when you do this. God said, I'll do this when you start worshiping me. Amen. And the city shall be accursed even in all that therein. The Lord, only Rahab, the harlot shall live. She and that all that are with her in the house because of the hidden in the messengers they, that we sent. And ye and all the wise keep yourself from the accused thing, let you make yourself accused, and you to take of the curse of things and make the camp of Israel and curse of the, the trouble of it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of the brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord, and they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the great people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and grace and love. We ask the Lord just touch our hearts, help and strengthen us tonight. And Father, we'll give you the praise, we'll give you the glory, we'll give you the honor. Help us tonight, be all that we can be. We'll thank you for, for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. We have just read, as God's given Joshua, uh, the beginning of this chapter, uh, his plans on how to defeat Jericho. We also read the implementation of that plan, of watching God's plan come to pass. Just, just like God said it would, imagine that it happened the way God said it would happen. We find here that God says, uh, said it and it settles it. God said it and they obeyed it. And I'm just going to be honest with you. After we read the entire thing, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure that Joshua would not agree with me but what God said just didn't make no sense. Just did not make no sense. I know that if Joshua, uh, he, 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 this is the first battle of the, uh, they have engaged when they crossed over Jordan and to the promised land, the, key, the first fight they're going to have is this high wall of Jericho. And as soon as they cross over, Joshua is itching to fight the children of Israel are itching to fight. Uh, they've been walking around in the wilderness uh, for 40 years. They're itching for a fight. And the first thing they do when they get into it, God said there is that uh, this, this is the fight. Here's your fight ahead of you. And Joshua, you're going to get ready for the battle plan. I'm going to give you this battle plan, Joshua. Joshua said, oh, yes, give it to me, Lord. I, I, I'm ready for it. Uh, we've been waiting for this. Uh, we're going into the promised land. Uh, I'm waiting for you to give me this battle plan. What are we going to do, God? We're going to have catapults with flaming arrows. We're going to tear this wall down. We're going to get the M60s. We're going to get the F16s. Uh, we're going to have the AR-15s. And we're going to have all these. We're going to have all this. Uh, we're just ready to take this wall. I said, no, that's not my plan. What's your plan? Now, Joshua was a young man. He started 20 years earlier. He started, he, he, very beginning, he, he led battles. He was in battles. He led armies in the battles. Joshua is a, a man of battle. He's a man of war. He knows fighting. Joshua was thinking, Lord, let me tell you. Let me tell you it's going to be. God said, all right, Joshua, here's the plan. I'm going to give you the plan. 
You read this. And this is what I want you to get. I want you to get everybody up tomorrow morning. Wake them up. All those bloodthirsty killers are ready to go. Joshua, yeah, is this ready? I want you to walk around that wall one time. Say nothing. Blow the trumpet. Come back to camp. Sit down. That's day one. Yeah, day one. Day two. Day, oh, yeah. Day two, we're, we're going at it now. No, Joshua. Day two, I want you to do the same thing you did on day one. I want you to get them all up, walk around the wall, blow the trumpet, sit back down. Hmm. Are you sure? Day three. What do you, what do you want to do on day three? Day three, I want you to get them up, walk around that wall, blow the horn, go back to camp, sit back down. I imagine Joshua said, Lord, I, I see a pattern here. Day four, you want us to get up, walk around that wall, blow the trumpet, go back, sit down in camp. Yeah. Day five, same thing. Day six, same thing. Day seven, he said, oh, no, 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 no. Day seven is special. Yeah. I, I want you to walk around that wall seven times. Seven times I want you to walk it out round. Then I want you to blow the horn. And I want all of y'all to shout. The wall is going to fall down. So you can walk around that wall and holler and blow the trumpets. And you're going to let the walls fall down. Yep, that's exactly what I'm going to do, Joshua. Play some music a little bit, shout, and the wall is going to fall down. Yeah, Joshua, that's what I'm going to do. We do it over and over and over and over again in church. That, that's, that's how God gets things done. So what I'm preaching on tonight is, what do you do when God's, what God said that don't make no sense? I, I found that God has said some things to me and showed some things in His Word that just really didn't make sense to me. But I have found out that uh, walking with God and always got to make sense to me. But I'll follow it anyway. I'll follow it anyway. I find, I figured it out, and get right down to it and say, this equals this. It may two plus two may equal two in my way, but with God's way, it doesn't equal up to that. God, two plus two may equal six. How do you get that? Well, five loaves and two fishes. Three little fish, you know, two little fishes feed 5,000. That, that just don't make sense. That really don't make sense. God's math doesn't work like my math or your math. 
There are times that God tells you you won't, what He says doesn't make sense. Uh, we find that things happen over and over in the Scriptures. God gives Joseph a dream, says, I, I'm going to cause your brethren to bow down to you. And, and his father gives him a coat of many colors, and he thought he was on his way. He thought he was going to get promoted, and all his brothers are going to have to bow down to him. And the next thing you know, he's a slave, he's a prisoner, and he got to thinking, somewhere along the line, I made a wrong turn. Because God, you said they're going to bow down to me. But it worked out for God's glory. It worked out for God's glory. God said one thing, now this is happening. But Joseph could look back in his life and saw the orchestration of God, how God didn't make sense, but down the road he made perfect sense to Joseph. When Israel, Israel was facing a nine-foot giant, and there was King Saul. He was head and shoulders taller than all the rest of them. It just don't make sense. Here's this little old ruddy guy. Uh, with nothing is the, the youngest of the house of Jesse. He didn't, he didn't stand up to anything. It just don't make sense. But it worked out for the glory of God. When Jesus shows up at the wedding of Canaan and, and there's no, no, no wine and Jesus tells them, fills those wash buckets with water. And, and it just don't make sense. Jesus shows up at the tomb, four-day dead Lazarus. Jesus said, roll away the stone. They said, Lord, that just don't make sense. That don't make sense. But it ain't got to make sense tonight. When Peter was fishing and Jesus said, uh, throw your nets down, uh, lower your nets down again, and Peter said, Lord, we fished all night, haven't taken anything. Jesus said, let it down. It just don't make sense don't make sense but it works out anyway when Jesus spoke to my heart and says move to North Carolina Lord that don't make sense that just don't make sense but it's worked out it's worked out so what I'm saying sometimes what God says don't make sense you just got to follow it anyway. You just got to follow it anyway. So what do we do tonight? Uh, and I, I, I am not calling to make. I'm not called to make plans. I am called to follow plans. Joshua didn't make the plan. He followed the plan. He trusted in the Lord with all thy heart and leaned not on thy own understanding, but in all the ways acknowledge, and He shall direct thy path. Commit thy words unto the Lord, and they shall be established. And we know that all things work together for those good for them that love God and them that call according to His purpose. You say, preacher, where I'm at just don't make sense. What God has asked me to do just, just don't make sense. You're in good company because there's a lot of other good Christians, great Christians that have been in that same path that just didn't make sense to them either. So what do we do? What do we do when God tells you something? You say, that just don't make sense to me. We're going to be like Joshua. We have to be like Joshua. 
First of all, what do you do when God said what he says don't make sense? You've got to recognize who's in charge. Who's running the show here? First thing we find that it got established when it doesn't make sense, if Joshua thinks he's running the show, then we're fixing to have a fight between two, two head, uh, alpha heads, uh, alpha the omega God and alpha the tribe of Israel. Uh, we're getting ready to have a fight here if Joshua thinks he's running the show. We have to find out who's running the show here and who's in charge. And the question's already been settled in chapter 5. What, look at chapter 5, last three verses of chapter 5. Look what it, it, it was settled right here. And it came to pass when Joshua was at Jericho, when that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went up unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Hey, who are you for? Who are you with? He said, Nay, but I as the captain of the host of the Lord. Now, I don't have all this time left, but I truly believe this is God, Jesus himself. <laughs> I believe it's him with all my heart. We'll get into it. If you want to get into it, we'll get into it later. But I believe this is the Lord because he is the captain of our host. He is the captain of our salvation. I believe he is. He said, I'm, I have come. And Joshua fell on his face in the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from off thy feet, for this place thou art stand is holy. And Joshua did so. We find that this question of who's in charge who's running the show was solved in chapter 5 and verse 13 14 15 don't miss this do you know why joshua doesn't buck up start murmuring and complain when god tells him to do something that joshua thinks it doesn't make sense you know why he doesn't buck up because he's already relinquished has already relinquished the command of his life over into the hands of the Lord. The problem with a lot of Christians today is when God wants them to do something that doesn't make sense in their life and they don't want to walk with God very long is because they had never relinquished total control over their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about after salvation, not before. I'm talking once you get saved, you've got to take and relinquish control of your life and you walk over to the Lord and say, here it is, it is yours. You direct my path. You have to totally recognize that he's in charge and relinquish command to him. Joshua made that right choice in chapter 6 because he had already handed over command to him in chapter 5. Your ride in this Christian life will be a lot smoother if you don't make a lot of choices in life. There are so many voices that are trying to pull you one way, trying to direct you this way, do this, uh, uh, follow this way, uh, do this right thing. There are so many voices that pulls us and directs our life. It, what we ought to do is to just say, Lord, I am handing over control of my life and I'm going to listen to your voice and your voice only. You direct my path. You direct my feet. I'm just giving it to you. And it's a lot easier, smooth ride when you don't have to make a lot of choices in life and just let God do them for you. Amen. He already made a decision. He said, Preacher, what do I do when God says something don't make sense? 
You need to recognize he's in charge. And say, don't make sense. He's in charge. I'm going to do what he said regardless whether I feel like it or whether I want to. I'm going to do it anyway. God said, if that's what I'm going to do. One of the greatest generals in the military army was General Patton. Uh, I worked with his grandson, General Patton, Jr. And uh, his dad his, uh, made a decision on how he would pick people who he would put in leadership positions. When he'd get a bunch of them together and he'd take them down behind the barracks and said, I, I want a trench that's four, feet, four inches deep, eight feet wide, 12 feet long. And this is what I want. I want a trench four, four inches deep, eight feet wide, 12 feet long. Then he'd walk off and get where somewhere he can watch him. He says nine times out of ten, they're going to stand there and argue about it. Well, this don't make sense. Four inches, eight feet wide, 12 inches. You can't do anything in a trench like that. He says, but almost always there's one in the crowd will say, it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. He said, do it, just do it. And he says, that's the one I put in charge. That's what God is looking for. It, it might not look sense to us. It might not look like, hey, God, are you really sure you want me to do that? It may not look sense to you like anything, but God said, I'm wanting you to do what I tell you to because God sees something that you can't see. It don't make sense now, but I tell you what, down the road, you look back and say, whoa, that really made sense. I understand why he wanted me to do it. I understand why he directed me that way because now in my life, it makes sense to me. I, I still don't understand why God put his finger on me and says, you preach. <laughs> me? Me? You have got the wrong one, buddy. I don't have eloquent of speech. My words run together. I, 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 I'm a country boy. I talk like a country boy. I'm uneducated. I don't have this degrees, and I don't have a bunch of letters out to my name unless I just want to put them out there. I haven't earned none of them. I don't understand why he called me. And I really don't. There, there, were so, there are so many people better qualified than me. And, and yet God picked me. I said, God, I don't understand. It just don't make sense. And he says, you know, you don't see what I see. And I don't see what God sees. But I understand it don't make sense. And I'm just going to do it anyway. So you got to recognize who's in charge when something is going on in your life. Yeah. Then you got to be uh, resolute in your walk with God. I mean, be faithful with your walk in God. Because especially when God says do something that don't make sense. If you read this, if you read this thing, uh, just what we read, it is redundant. Day one, walk around the wall. Day two, walk around the wall. Day three, walk around the wall. Day four, walk around the wall. Day five, walk around the wall. Day six, walk around the wall. Day seven, walk seven times around the wall. 
This is redundant. If you do that and count, it's, it's, I think it's 13 times they've walked around that wall. And, and, and you know what? When they've walked around that wall 13 times, they come very familiar with the path that they're on. You imagine about the third and fourth times. I've seen that rock over there plenty of times. Woo, that crack right there in that wall is getting a little bit bigger now. Amen. About the seventh time, <laughs> whoo, I can walk around this thing with my eyes closed. It, it's, 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 getting, uh, it's getting redundant. And if we're not careful, listen to me, if we're not careful, this act of God, this orchestration plan of God, this purpose of God, do you know what can come? It can become mundane to us. It starts getting boring. It starts feeling like there's nothing happened because we're doing the same thing over and over. You know what the Christian walk is? Let me show you. The Christian walk, and this is this Christian walk. Lord, I read my Bible today. That's good. Read it again tomorrow. Lord, I, I pray today. That's good. Pray again tomorrow. Lord, I tie today. That's real good. Tie tomorrow. Lord, just keep going. Keep going. And, you, and a lot of Christian people, when it gets like that, they out. It's boring. It becomes mundane to them. It, it's exciting at first. God has touched them. God is doing things. It's exciting at first. But when you start doing the same thing over and over, can I tell you, God rewards faithfulness. Can I tell you, that walk you got with God, it may be mundane. It may be boring. But God says faithfulness will get you everything in this world. Just stay faithful to what God is telling you to do. You may walk around in a circle. You may do the same thing. That we come to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. After a while, it gets mundane. Amen. Y'all can say amen too. I know it is. I know people say, hey, at first, when they first come to church and they, they see that, they, hey, we get excited, we're going to church, and that old man up there spitting and yanking, yelling and all that stuff. Oh, I'm moved, but after a while, they say, hey, I've heard him before. It's boring. I've heard him. Why should I do it? I love page 648. Love page 648. But when you hear it five or six times, Five or six times. Five or six times. God rewards faithfulness. See, that's where the problem is. A lot of Christians, they're not faithful. You want to know why God ain't blessing you because you're not faithful to the walk God has put you in. Amen. Like I said, God didn't call everybody to be a trumpet blower. God didn't call everybody to be a priest. 
God didn't call everybody to carry the ark, ark, but God called everybody here to shout, raise your hand, and praise God. Let me just say this. Get, get a hold of this. Get a hold real quick. If God has called you to shout and praise God, you ought to do it to the best of your ability because God will recognize that in your life. Amen. If you can do it in church and you say, hey, praise God, I got my hand up. I'm going to shout for praise God and lift him up. When you walk out that door, the world needs to see that. I ain't going to raise my hand out there and tell somebody I praise God. No, no, no. I might do it in church. You know what? If you don't do it in church, you sit here in church like this, you don't praise God. I know you ain't praising God out that door. Amen. You ought to be able to do this in church, say, hey, thank you, Lord. And not be ashamed because everybody in here is bought by the blood, amen. We're born again, amen. You ought to be able to do that. But it's boring. It becomes mundane, but God rewards that faithfulness in your walk. What I found out in my life, if you just keep being faithful and just keep walking with God, just keep resolute, saying, God, I'm just going to keep on walking. God, I'm just going to keep on reading my Bible. God, I'm just going to keep on showing up. I'm just going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I, whether I feel like it or not, I'm just going to keep on keeping on with you. It might get boring at times. And brother, I know it gets bored. It might get lonely at times. I know it gets lonely. But I'm telling you, God is with you. He said, I'm going to reward that faithfulness. I'd rather be faithful in the things of God doing this than what they're doing out in this world today. It's not exciting to a lot of people no more. This is the first battle they won in the promised land. And the simple fact because they won it because they were consistent and faithful. If you be consistent in your worship with God, being faithful in your worship with God, you will, you will never imagine the battles that God will win for you tonight. Just be faithful. Be consistent. Trust in the process of what God is saying. Trust in the plan of God, what God has said. It's been tested and proven for a fact. I tell you what else. Remember what he's already done. Remember what he's already done. That will help you to get in a place in your life where God, what he said doesn't make sense. You just remember the things he said in the past that didn't make sense, but God delivered you. People in chapter 6 that were not even born some of them weren't even born then. Some of them was born in the wilderness. And they, were, they weren't around. They were, they were young men in 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years old. Uh, some of them, weren't, they, 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 they never seen the mighty acts of God. How do they remember? How do they know what he'd done? Because they heard someone testify of the goodness of God. There are some Christians in here that are so new in their walk with God. Haven't seen the great things that God can do in their life. 
You start listening to some of these old timers testify. When they start telling you what God has done them for them, when God has brought them in. And, and let me just say this. All these young Christians in here, you young ones in here, you ought to hear this. You ought to get around some of the old timers and listen to them when they start talking about what God has done for them, where God has brought them from. Because let me tell you what, you start listening to them, what God brought them through back there, and you realize then, say, hey, if God brought them through back there, God will bring me through up here. I know God can do that because if he done it for them there, he'll do it for me here. Amen. Just get a hold of that. Just listen to these old timers tell you what God has done and where God has brought them to. Get a hold of that. How did they know that? Because they heard people testify of the greatness of God. Man, I'll tell you, Moses, he said, hey, there was this Red Sea. We came up the Red Sea, and all of a sudden the wall went, water went that way, and water went that way. We'd walk over on dry ground. And there's these people sitting there, young ones sitting there, hearing that, my goodness. You mean they walked over on ground, ground from that sea? Yes, sir, they did. They hear the testimonies of these people telling them what God has done. J just remember what God has done in the past. Can I say this? A lot of times when we read the Bible, oh man. <laughs> a lot of times when we read the Bible, we look at what God has done in the Old Testament and we think, well, that's just for them. Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Well, God brought them through the Red Sea. Let me, let me tell you what, God has brought me through some seas. <laughs> God delivered the wall of Jericho to them. God's delivered me some walls in my life. What God did for them, God will do for you. Amen. We, we just think, well, that's just Old Testament people. God's the same yesterday, today, and never changed. He's, he's never going to change. What He did for them, definitely He will do for you. The problem is, we don't got lack on God. See, they had, they had to have faith in God. Because they, they couldn't see anything but God. They, they had to survive on what God said. We got so many today, we got so many voices in our life today that's driving us here. Say, so, hey, you can go here, you can go there. This is the way, this is the path, this is the way you can go. And I'm, telling you, I'm talking about churches. There, there's a new path over here you can go. Follow this path. We got so many voices pulling in us in different directions that we lose sight of God. We lose sight of God. And I find that a lot of Christians want more excitement in church. Cut the lights out. Give us a smoke show. They want excitement. They don't want just, just preaching. They don't want preaching anymore. Give me, an, give me a rock show. Excite me that when I leave, I'm feeling good that I've been to a concert. Amen. They don't hear preaching no more because, hey, preaching drive people away because, hey, when you start preaching against sin and most of us are sinners, I ain't going back to that church. He preached all about my sin. I'm just preaching what I know. Because I know what I am. If you think you're without sin, you raise your hand. <laughs> Jesus says, he without sin cast the first stone. I know some churches, but not take stones around there because they'll throw them at you. Amen. I'm just telling you. Remember what he's done. 
said, I read a man about Moses in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham, he said, God told him, get out of your country. Get, up, get away from your kindred. Strike out walking, Abraham. He didn't know where he was going, but he was looking for a city which had foundations. His builder and maker was God. It didn't make sense. God told him, I'm going to give you a child in your old age. It just doesn't make sense. Listen, young ones. They didn't, they didn't know what it was like to live in Egypt. They didn't know what it was like to be a slave. But God sent Moses and brought a nation to the knees and let them out. Let me say this. Remembering the past is the key to recognizing the victory in the future. Let me say that again. Remembering the past is the key to recognizing the victory in the future. You've got to remember. Remember what God has brought you. You might not have been through it, but get around somebody that has been through it. Rely on his word. Please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. God will never ask or say to do anything that contradicts the word. I, I'm talking about what God said don't make sense. I've had people told me, well, God has told me to do X, Y, and Z. Give me the scripture. Give me the scripture. Well, I don't have scripture for it. Well, if God's told you to do something and there's no scripture on it, then God didn't tell you to do it. I, I find that if anything happens, I, I, I can tell you right now, before I took this church, I went to the Bible. Give me something to show that I need to be here, God. Give me the scripture that I need to be right here. Because anytime you do something that contradicts the word of God, it is not God. You need to find a clear verse in your life that points directly to what God is telling you to do to clarify to make sure that's God telling you to do that. If what you're involved in and what you're trying to get hooked up with goes against the Word of God, then get unhooked. Get unhooked. Especially you young people. I'm telling you what, this world's going to try to get you to hook up into something that you have no business getting hooked up in. And I'm going to tell you what, when they say, well, it's in the Word of God, tell them, show me. Give me scriptures to back up what you're telling me I should be doing. Amen. What's what Joshua's relying on? I, I found this out. Before you make any big step in your life, before you do anything, a good place to start is ask God. A good place to start is ask God. You're unsure what's going on. Get a hold of a verse in the scriptures. 
that you can hang your hat on. You pray and you seek God's face until God finally points out a verse, out of that verse, and you say, well, this is the living and breathing Word of God. It's quick and powerful. It is alive. It can talk to you. If the author of the book lives in your heart, it will be compatible with each other tonight. Sync up just like an iPhone. Y'all got iPhones? I ain't smart enough to have an iPhone. I got a me phone. Not an iPhone. But an iPhone, you can get in your car, turn your car on, and automatically what happened, the iPhone syncs up with your vehicle. You're seeing that, it'll say, syncing, recognized, synced together. Amen? So whatever goes through your phone comes through your speakers of your car. Amen? Some things should not go through the speakers of your car from your phone. Especially if you're talking on your phone to somebody else. Because you can get in some trouble. Amen. I'll just say that out there. But let me just say this. What you need to do is sync up with the Word of God. Get it in your heart and say, hey, I'm synced up with the Word of God. We're on the same page. Because if you get off page with God, you get unsynced with God, you're traveling in the wrong direction. Traveling in the wrong direction. The only way you can have success in, is in this life is through the Bible. The only way you're going to have success in this life is in the Bible. Success is directly tied to the words of this book right here. You don't try to get success by trying to be successful. You get success by the Word of God. This book will blow your mind if you allow it to. It'll show you things that it, you will never understand. Don't throw what you've got away. Too many Christians are throwing this book away. They say, I don't need this book. I can be more successful without it. I can do better without it. No, you can't. You'll never beat your Jerichos without the Word of God. You'll never conquer the things of this world without the Word of God. You'll never be what God wants you to be without the Word of God. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, you need to get synced up with the Word of God and let it mirror with your heart. You get on one page with each other. Especially these young people, young kids, let me tell you what. I would not like to be in this world at your age today. Because you got more pulling against you than I've ever dreamed about having to pull against me. But I'm telling you right here now, listen to me. If you get synced with this, you get hooked up with this, no matter what they do and what they say, they will not pull you away from this. If you bury yourself in the Word of God, get grounded in the Word of God, they will come and sometimes you may trip up and say, but you know what? Get back up and keep going. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen to you, to the adults. I know adults that's just tripped and fall. Some of them just lay there in the pig pen and wallow but get up, keep going, don't stop. 
What do you do when what God says just don't make sense? Just do it anyway. 